So I have a favorite journaling question where I ask myself, what do I require to do here? Not what I would like to, not what, the, what other people expect me to, not what I desire as an outcome, but what do I require to do here? Now, it's suddenly when you ask that question to yourself, instead of being focused on things that you prefer, you don't prefer, you like, I move to like, okay, in this moment, if I have to accept the situation for whatever it is, what do I require to do to deliver? And that suddenly changes the focus to the task instead of a person. The best part of my work is I get to meet some amazing people and not meet them socially in casual conversations, but I actually get to know them at a deeper level. Our guest on the show today is a 31-year-old girl who manages the entire podcasting business for Geo7. Now that's the high performer you want to know more about. Welcome to Absolutely Right with Aditi Surana, India's first graphology-based leadership show. I'm your host, Aditi. I'm a behavioral analyst, a high-performance coach, and an anti-anxiety expert. And a few months back, we started India's first mental gym called APT for you to be mentally and emotionally fit. Let me introduce you to our guest today, Ishani Das Gupta, who is just 31, as I mentioned, and heads podcast for Geo7. Ishani, like me, was interested in people. And to quench her curiosity, she took interest in psychometric analysis and worked with organizations that did the data and research to build great psychometric tests. After some time, she found her love for media. And now, when she is dealing with podcasts, she started this challenge, and I'm using the word very carefully, when nobody knew about podcasting much. Now, to be able to learn something in a new field that no one knows about, and not only that, to build a successful platform, that is an achievement that we will be talking about. So if you have a phase that says everything that you're thinking, you know, if you're bored, if you're angry, if you're irritated, then Ishani's conversation will be very, very relatable for you. So without further ado, let me invite Ishani and let's get started. Hi Ishani, welcome to the Absolutely Right Podcast. Hi Aditi, thanks so much for having me. You're already smiling. Is it like the excitement or the nervousness? It is both to be honest because this is this is a bit of a role reversal for me because I'm usually on your side of things or at least or on Rashi's side of things more like it <laughs> and it's strange to be on the guest side of a podcast it's something that I don't think I'll ever get used to so yeah that mixed with everything that is going to come in the next how many ever minutes that we record is both exciting as well as nerve-wracking all at the same time. So your, when I was going through your profile, the most exciting part for me was the fact that you studied psychology. And by that logic, you're already on my side of the story. (laughs) In a way, in a way, it's been a while since I've actually gone back to psych. But yeah, I did get my undergrad, I did do my undergrad and my postgrad in psychology. And eventually ended up wanting to work in research and research somehow led to test development. So I was working, developing psychometric tools for a bit, Wow! but I got pretty phased out by that almost as soon as I got into it. So I was like, no, maybe this is not for me just yet. Who knows? I may just go back into psych after all of this, but after I started in 2014, I switched to media almost, almost immediately after. So uh, graphology is looked at as a psychometric tool and it used to be more official back in the day, like I think 70s, 80s, where people wrote more. And as the time passed, people stopped looking at it with as much sincerity as they used to. 
and I have done my MBTI 16PF, Fibro uh, B. So I I love psychometric tools and using them and applying them everywhere possible. And I think all decisions that I make based on personalities. And I talk a lot about graphology, but the basis of it, I was telling Rashi yesterday that how every analysis that I talk about actually the structures go way deeper in all psychometric testing. So it's it's phenomenal. So I'm still a fan. Yeah, after a point, you're just like. automatically categorizing everything based on the tools that you're most familiar working with but yeah it's it's fun it's actually a lot of fun so i was looking at your handwriting so for our listeners who are new to the episode new to the show what we do is uh, i ask every guest to write a handwriting sample so they are asked to write on a blank unruled sheet of paper a paragraph about anything so the content doesn't matter whatever came to ishani's mind she just wrote everything that she felt right in the moment now i'm looking at the handwriting sample i'm looking at her strokes and i will be describing her personality her leadership style and how exactly she deals with her stress and other other complicated areas that come with great roles <laughs> that she has been playing but before i start ishani is phenomenal to see at 31 you're doing what you're doing and uh, it's, it's I don't know you yet, but I'm so proud of you. It just like it's so nice to see women in position of power, leadership, and performing at this efficiency. So congratulations on that. Before we get started, thank you. You're already like making me blush. <laughs> no, but I'm not. But thank you. you. Thank you so much. Genuine appreciation, and I I know it's not easy. I know it's not. Um, uh you know as you may make it sound very casual and one of the things to do but for our listeners uh the podcasting industry the media industry is very stressful and especially in the times where people had no clue how the whole industry works uh you were one of the first few players so that's amazing so let's get started so the first thing that <laughs> came to my mind when i looked at your writing is your ability to deal with disorganized information you look at every single situation and you have multiple data points through which you gather all the information required now you will be observing what people are wearing how they are standing and it's not only about psychology you always did that even as a child highly observant highly absorbing of the scenario and surroundings and when people ask you so why are you saying what you're saying your decisions are actually based on those acute observations that you didn't even know that you made when you were going through the situation you got that from my handwriting really <laughs> yes ma'am <laughs> And if you oh, think what I'm saying is correct on this show, you must say absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, that is that is absolutely right. It is. It is. Uh, should I wait for you to go on? <laughs> no, but please tell us how do you do this? Like, what exactly goes through your mind? It is always interesting to hear it from your perspective. I think that you've really hit the nail on the head because everything is very. Um, especially when it comes to work let me say it this way when it comes to work and work related things things are i tend to try and make decisions from a logical point of view or i operate from logic as opposed to emotion so everything when you're thinking of work based decisions everything is data driven like you have to make the best decisions will come from a more analytical data driven uh anything and that is what i my brain always goes back to that like i don't really take emotional decisions when it comes to work 
um, and I have to like if I'm to make a decision, I need to have the data to back up the decision that I make. Otherwise, I don't make it. <laughs> um, but even otherwise, yeah, I do consider myself to be quite observant, and it is right. Like as a child, I don't think I ever realized this or had that level of self awareness to realize that a lot of my decisions or opinions were coming from. Um, somewhat possibly unconscious observations that I was making but as I've grown older I have sort of realized this or it's come into my conscious line of awareness right that I do tend to make observations really quickly like I'll scan I'll scope a scene I'll scope a scenario I don't know this sounds odd or not odd but I do rely on that gut instinct also like especially when I'm meeting people for the first time right mm -hmm. um there are some people that I get along famously with but then there are some people that you know I don't like if that free flow of energy or whatever it is that you call it isn't there I'm like mm, there's something off with this situation right. uh, so I'm just going to distance myself and that has actually helped me go a long way to at least observe even if it's something intangible like this Hmm. to make these observations and to sort of keep them at the forefront uh, so that I'm able to hopefully make better decisions. But this is not to say that all decisions I make are the best or the most wise decisions because I've also made some really rubbish decisions in Obviously. my life. But yeah, this is these are things that I try to like sort of keep. Now, graphologically speaking, there are two types of letter M's that you write. And what I said was actually based on that. One is like the McDonald's uh, M, which has two well-formed humps in it. Now that talks about how much data you require. Uh, you are one of those people who must be buying books nonstop. Not that you read all of them, but you just carry the books around and having the source of information available to you just makes you feel comfortable. You know, you know that you can count on it. You might have not read it, but it's there and it will always be around you on your bookshelf for you to go back to it or, you know, just at least flip through it. Now that is kind of uh, mental security that comes from information being around. Second style of M is where both the humps are pointed. That talks about the sharp, quick assessment of the scenario. Anytime you go, your observations are acute and a combination of two of them creates the personality that you just described where data matters and you can't be making important decisions without having enough information and the acute observation as another way of going about. Now, when I said that you always rely on disorganized data, that also means the observations come by talking to people. So you inquire, you talk and you listen to them by putting your heart into your ears. And that's an essential, essential aspect because you come across as this enthusiastic, talkative person. People don't realize how keen listener you are. But when people get into their element and they start describing the situation, you just take a step back and observe them very closely. Absolutely right. <laughs> but, but here's the thing that I, I am still, um, I try, I try with the listening part of it but I feel like I also have this trait where I may want to respond before I actually listen so this is something that I'm actually trying to very actively work on and like take a step back and genuinely sit and listen until someone's finished speaking because <laughs> while someone's midway I'm like oh yeah I know what you're talking about because I've probably like already gauged a lot of the information that I think is needed without being patient enough 
to listen to all of it i'll be like yeah i know i know what you're talking about but that that is the part that i'm trying to work on let people finish talking before i go into it with it also the, depends on about. who you're speaking with if you think that the person you're speaking with <laughs> if you think that the person you're speaking with is someone you need to learn from somebody you look up to somebody you are highly impressed by then you would be all patient and the listening skills are at the next level but if people are becoming repetitive if they're not giving you new information if it is not engaging enough because one of the ms is this pointed one bringing in lot of impatience so once you think you have gathered the data needed you're like okay done let's move on let's get to the next thing but i don't think it's about listening skills because when you want to listen you are like you know you're a great listener but when you get impatient then it can be anything or anybody and you will just be <laughs> not interested that was actually going to be my next thing my question to you on like if you could comment on the patience bit of it because as like i am not the most patient person on the planet but what you said about like who this information is coming from is again very on point because obviously if you um if you're looking up to someone and you feel like the information that they are imparting is going to be of utmost value to you then you're going to like you know, you can't keep asking your mentors or people that you look up to to repeat the same thing so you better get all of it down in that one time that they are giving you this information or having this conversation with you um so yeah but with other people i do get impatient i do get really impatient sometimes if you're slightly disinterested or bored by what they're saying or how they're saying it it shows on your face my face even though like my brain tries to control the way my face responds it's like my face is controlled by something else yeah, and i agree it shows <laughs> everything shows on my face almost immediately so it is um, it is both a boon and a curse i think it's me. a boon because people who like you and people who have enjoyed your friendship and your leadership they know that they get what they see and there are like you know all those undertones and other agendas and motives are not your ways of going about so it's also refreshing for most people to see that you would say what you believe in even if they won't like it it might be smearing the truth in their faces but if they value that if they know in order to grow it's essential they know whom to call and i think that is that, that's a good part <laughs> it becomes challenging when your boss comes to you and says yeah i think i think you weren't happy with what i just said <laughs> and i'm like what no i i didn't say that i was listening to you like, yeah yeah right i've i've had these encounters with my boss in the past like no you're not happy with this decision i'm like what do you want me to say i can't help it and i'm so, so sure yeah. about it also because your signature is very similar to your handwriting for anybody where the signature is identical to their handwriting the pretense of wanting to be something else someone else so that they would be liked respected that filter is not available now that means you walk out more vulnerably and get obviously uh, shot down and criticized and you know disliked by people who do not agree with you more easily but at the same time you carry the authentic self out there in at the what more field and you get the brunt of it but people who learn to deal with it also get the real person so i think it is 
it is more of a boon that yeah me. i do have a problem like i think that this is a bit of a challenge for me personally because again absolutely right <laughs> um i find it really hard to pretend like if i am happy about a situation people know i'm happy about a situation or if i'm comfortable with a group of people um in a social professional whatever setting um everyone knows that i'm comfortable but if i'm uncomfortable i cannot change myself i cannot change what i'm about to say my thoughts my opinions on things just to suit the situation that i am in mm-hmm. and that because i can't do that it often makes me kind of uncomfortable um because yeah there's that whole aspect of social approval that one has to deal with and this is something that i did have a problem i was i i thought it was a problem when i was younger but as i've grown older it's been easier to sort of detach which is why like especially especially again over the last two years of the pandemic it's been so crucial for me to sit and take stock of you know the people that i can be myself around because i cannot pretend <laughs> to be something that i am not so as a result of this i've had to i've i've comfortably cut a lot of people places and situations out of my life and i think i'm happier for it like you know you see a lot of like the fancy looking quotes on instagram that talk about cutting toxic people out right. i actually did that and i do think that you it people are better off for it at an individual level like i know it it can get a little challenging because you know you suddenly feel like you don't have enough people around or you don't have enough people in your life um to rely on or to comfort you or whatever but it's better to have a few people that you know you can rely on as opposed to um spreading yourself thin with people that just won't matter at the end of the day mm. so yeah i think that's where it comes from no also uh, i think people have normalized the whole idea of being anxious and stressful at jobs people have normalized pretending to be something else on social media and having a different real personality altogether but if things being normalized that doesn't make it right and i think that's what is applicable to what you're saying like being authentic is becoming like this odd thing to do or speaking your mind out is becoming like this uncool thing to do because people don't do it but that doesn't make it right what you're doing and what you're you know choosing as authenticity is way more powerful than just pleasing people so yeah you don't have such problems like people pleasing and all <laughs> have the opposite problem pissing people off <laughs> how to lose friends <laughs> or take stock of the the truest friends that you have yes. so yeah so tell us about the the industry that you work in and what are the kind of challenges that are your daily challenges with work okay so i work in media i've worked in media for the last uh, almost 8 years now um I started working at GeoSavan back in 2017 so I've been there almost four and a half years at this point and I've been working within working in the podcast division over there for this entire period of time so I've literally been around at GeoSavan for as long as you know it's taken for the podcast industry to blow up in India so I've literally seen you know a limited number of people making podcasts jump to four years later literally thousands of people in india working on podcasts mm-hmm. so i've witnessed the growth of podcasting here and it's been great it's been great to sort of be right up front and center when all of this has been happening and to 
basically see uh, to basically be able to contribute to this growth as well um in terms of the challenges now there are a lot of challenges that one might encounter whether that is um you know you're often working on very tight deadlines you're often working i personally have a really small team right um we are small team that works on almost everything that you can think of um within the organization for podcasts and that in itself can become kind of challenging because you're looking at multiple different facets of the business from creating new content to getting more um independent creators and other people who make podcasts to list their content on the platform to ensuring or working on projects that you know you have to bring some money onto so mm-hmm. this these are all things that if you're dealing with everything at one go it that in and of itself is a huge challenge and i think that would be the biggest challenge but when i talk about it as a challenge it's not something to sort of shy away from it's just um you know this is the scope of work that needs to be done how right. do you sort of get to it how do you make sure that the job gets done without being so overwhelmed that you cannot do the job at all mm-hmm. um yeah i think yeah we will we'll go with this one one massive challenge because it has everything else wrapped up in it so uh, like before we get into the the personal and personality related challenges where do you see the podcast industry in coming to 3 years because you know how during the pandemic everybody explored podcasting uh, producing it or creating content as well as listening now the fact that we will be moving away uh, from the lockdown we will be more busy with our work and and obviously we would may or may not commute the way we used to where do you see the industry going from here on podcasting is here to stay if you're if you know if we are to go by um global industry trends it is a medium that is definitely here to stay right an indian content consuming population we are one that has always been familiar with audio as a consumption medium by virtue of radio um it's just that the medium has changed right yeah. my favorite way to sort of describe podcasts to people at least has always been you know how we always how we've consumed video content on television via broadcast uh, that has that has you know we've witnessed an entire shift in consumption to now ott right same with podcast or audio um audio form content used to be consumed purely on radio and now there's that shift to um on demand consumption of audio content so it is something that we are as a society familiar with so it's going to be about changing the way people consume and where they're consuming this audio form content um if podcasting is to be successful in india it is we are going to have to shift the kind of content that we make uh, or diversify i won't say shift diversify the content that is produced to cater to a lot of people and once this happens consumption will eventually grow once consumption grows we are likely to see more um advertiser investment within the medium which makes it a more sustainable medium for creators Anytime. as well as advertisers um altogether so ishari over to you what questions do you have for me okay so the first question i had for you aditi is okay now under pressure i do tend to lose sight of how to organize myself and i want to know if you have any assessments of how i should you know how i can possibly work better where or stay more focused when i feel like i have the weight of the world on my head i don't really but i feel like that so 
tips on how to deal with that okay so first of all let's understand your organizing style to begin with i feel the very moment you are aware of how you organize information how you plan how you execute and that style is well defined all of us become better i'll give you an example i read three books at a time and before i got into this habit or this so called routine around 10 12 years ago i used to judge myself for not being able to finish a book or read only one book now around that time someone told me that there are people who actually can focus better if they have three books that they're reading simultaneously i tried it as an experiment and it worked so beautifully and i'm a dyslexic so for me having multiple channels on helped me concentrate better so if i really want to focus on something i go and sit in a coffee shop where there is external ambient noise and that automatically brings my attention on what i am doing it's such a counter intuitive thing to do but once you know your style it becomes phenomenally easy for you to then plug in <laughs> follow up to that is how do i find this style my organization style because right now i think it's just i, I don't even know okay, hold on let's let's use is. let's use graphology to answer such complicated questions so we don't have to reinvent them so first of all you are an end result oriented person i'm going to break this answer into multiple parts so first one is you are an end result oriented person so even when you're thinking about ideas or something intangible until you do not have any specific goal objective to achieve you keep that discussion in an open file you start working on them only and only when you have that final idea that you know you want to achieve now for people they're like oh we discussed it and why would you not start executing it you cannot start executing it until it is well defined and it is in a way in your sight for you to work on something so that is point number 1 so next time when you are working on projects either break it down into three four parts and pick one part that you would look at as a final objective complete that stage and then look at the next thing as the final objective but you are like that arrow once you leave the bow you just go all the way with all your energy to the final result and you don't stop before that and when people keep discussing and they keep changing the goal post you're like hello what's happening why why are we not moving so you cannot move without clarity so that's your point number 1 to keep in mind so demand clarity create clarity uh you know rewrite projects if you have to but bring in that end result in mind now just let me give you an example when you know you're on a deadline do you, have you seen how your body your mind your environment functions at its best level for you to deliver no matter what happens before the deadline yeah it's on point like everything falls into place right before the deadline yes and thereby deadline is your friend you just have to learn the mechanism to play with deadlines in a manner that you constantly and proactively bring the best out of you people who are great so with create deadline, more deadlines basically not only create but commit to more deadlines because creating won't help mm. because if you know that it is not real and nobody is going to check on me and i'm only doing it for myself that's not going to work 
works is committing to a deadline. So some hacks for that is announce a deadline publicly or have an accountability partner on your deadline and some consequence that you know you'll have to pay for. Or if, if you're really committing to it, then have an authoritative person who would evaluate your performance based on deadlines. So when you create this, it automatically brings you to deliver in a manner that otherwise you wouldn't. It's bringing the most creative part of you out there. Now, I was writing a book uh, a few months back and one of the things I found that I could not move forward at the pace I thought I should. And so on social media, I announced that for the next 42 days, I'm going to write every day for an hour and talk about it. It was like the story kind of series that we started. Now, the fact that I had to talk about it and I knew that if I'm not writing, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say anything inauthentic like that. I, I put myself into the situation to write every day. So that was like a trick. It's a clear trick to committing socially, thereby you actually end up doing what you need to do anyways. So. But then this whole social committing socially, again, makes very little difference to me. Keep authority figures out, right? Um, makes very little difference to me because again, I don't really care about things socially. I don't care about like perceptions, etc. from a social perspective at all. So for you, that would not matter. Like, because I feel I am, you know, in a way creating a community of people who talk about high performance, that community and building it in a, in an environment matters to me. But if I, that, if for your, for your sake, if it is not working for you, just drop it, pick things, but you go to experiment with it. You go to find a hack that works where you can commit to deadlines and actually stick to that commitment, whatever it takes then. I'm going to give this ago i try i try i've been trying with deadlines uh let me see where this takes me now so second point if you have to look at your planning and execution thing i spoke about you being interested or disinterested now that is an interesting part because the very moment you are interested or you're curious or you're solving a problem you would do anything in your capacity to move forward to talk to people and function proactively when you're not interested and there is a thought that i have to do it a part of you starts immediately starts being disinterested in it right so it's, it's a this is where the conflict lies because deadlines actually create the have to environment where you function better but if that have to is not something that you're convinced about you would fight it out so if you think yeah. somebody is a stupid person and that person comes up with this whole idea that we have to do this and whatever, you cannot stop yourself from rolling your eyes because you don't agree with what he's saying or their approach of doing things. And no matter how important the project is, you won't take it seriously because you're not convinced. Now, that is a tricky part, right? Like this is where the conflict happens. The more we understand our internal conflicts, faster we can go beyond them. So for you, you have to start understanding can you move the message away from the messenger? It's funny you say this because that is exactly what I've been trying to do. <laughs> okay. Separate message and messenger so that the work actually gets done yeah. or whatever needs to get done gets done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Already putting that in practice. So I have a favorite journaling question where I ask myself, what do I require to do here? 
not what i would like to not what the, what other people expect me to not what i desire as an outcome but what do i require to do here now it's suddenly when you ask that question to yourself instead of being focused on things that you prefer you don't prefer you like you like i move to like okay in this moment if i have to accept the situation for whatever it is what do i require to do to deliver and that suddenly changes the focus to the task instead of a person so try that yeah i will i will i will try this as well put all of these into this thing i'm not making notes because i know i'm going to listen to this episode and i'll always have all of these pointers no i i understand and it's good that you're not because so that we can actually stay in that back and forth yeah yeah absolutely so i'll be like wait hold on <laughs> what are you saying you just write this down i can sometimes become very easily distracted i can sometimes become very easily distracted um especially when i don't find meaning in what i'm doing is this something that has some correlation to my personality traits um if so how do i work to improve this so i think people consider distraction as a problem and i'm going to tell you a little story here i remember driving to goa with our friend who was completely committed to following maps like everywhere we went he like what's on map what's on map and the three four of us in the car we are like oh my god we are also here to like enjoy the music and you know like obviously the road trip but he was completely married to the idea of the map and he just could not like every time we took one wrong turn he was the one you know throwing tantrums and getting upset and the person sitting next to him had to take that pressure of being perfect and correct about the maps now we because of his mistake we actually took one wrong turn and we went off the actual right road and that road was so beautiful we happened to enter a village and everything was so pretty there we drove almost 4 or 5 kilometers like that and nobody complained including him because it was genuinely very pretty after that though we didn't make it a big deal but obviously friends being friends they had to tease him we go thank god you made a mistake on your map thank god we are so grateful about it so we actually teased him like that but the lesson was if you get distracted sometimes you also find the cues or clues that you really require to do and after that for the entire drive he did not complain he did not obsess over the map and actually solved our problem but that also happens so distraction most of the time people think that oh am i working on the task i'm supposed to as a focus and everything else as distraction but we all know that most creative ideas creative solutions come to us when we are not necessarily working on the actual project yeah that's true so i would say please step away and disengage with all the criticism that you bring in when you get distracted because you do have i it. will try this <laughs> uh, this i get so like if i know i have to get n number of things done in a day and i just so sometimes you just don't you can't focus you can't bring your mind to try and focus on on these things and you know especially like with everyone working from home there is always something or the other that comes your way and just as you're sitting down to start getting on with something you've got another distraction and that just derails you completely so that becomes a little challenging when you know you've got to get things done but your mind just can't focus on getting it done at that point in time so my uh, inquiry here to you or even for a listener that is this question is so relevant 
sometimes we get distracted say for 15 minutes or instagram or social media is also one of those distracting uh bottomless Element. loops <laughs> and when we look at uh distraction there is x amount of time we spend and we spend a lot of time being irritated about it and we spend a lot of time feeling guilty about it so it's also that area so one of my friends she is a politician in sweden she has three kids she does she has a job and you know along with that she is into all these social work. projects so there's so much of work that she is into and we were speaking about multitasking and she said something very powerful is one of those interviews i did many years ago she said you know people look at multitasking as finishing a lot of tasks but for me when i'm involved in a task i'm there i'm fully there and then in no time i'm mm. on the next task and i'm there and i'm fully there so if i spend a lot of time thinking what should and what shouldn't and all of that then i feel overwhelmed i feel exhausted then i think that i'm doing a lot but if i because i have three kids and they are very demanding like that and they you know constantly bring in situations that i have to deal with the very moment i accepted it's going to function like that my resistance became low and from the time my resistance my resistance became low i became way more functional in the situation which i thought was very simplistic way of looking at it but resistance is all the criticism that we have all the guilt that we have all the so called let me make the right decision she said i am so busy mm. with one thing to the other and that is my focus and that switch has helped me a lot and obviously all of us fall into that that guilt trip all we got to do is like okay on this day i have this long list what all can i accomplish before i complete this answer one more point because you work very well uh, with the deadline pressure sometimes you may also find yourself building the uh, procrastinating ideas till a point where the pressure is good enough for you to then jump into it which is yeah. your stress appetite that is your threshold so either you create it for yourself or you will naturally wait and create it in the situation this is such like i could very simply just not have to put myself or create this stressful situation for myself just so that i optimally perform like i like to complicate things clearly no 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 please don't so like, this is what i'm saying so this these all remarks that we make about ourselves are not correct like it's like I, my favorite example is the boiling point is 100 degrees if it does not reach 100 it is not boiling no matter what you do so for you to work at yeah. a particular pace you need that level of stress so if it is not 100 yeah. you can't be functioning so sooner you accept without criticizing stress level 100 i think yeah okay 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 it's it's sinking in it's sinking in so basically don't don't fight the yes. the need for that optimal level of stress to then be able to perform and function don't i can fight it. get yeah. with that i think i can get with that the very moment you and yeah to it it's like accepting my dyslexia for me like the very till the time i didn't know or i was like figuring it out it was so embarrassing to write on boards and you know feel like oh my god i forgot an entire like word in a sentence and i didn't even recognize it all of that used to play on my mind but the very moment i accepted i started telling people that i am a dyslexic and i might make mistakes if in case you find it let me know i'll correct it so it just became easier hmm. to accept the the need to function at the optimum level put in this perspective and now when i think back i think it 
it actually makes a lot of sense like there are weeks where i simply don't have my my best weeks let me put it this way my best weeks at work are are weeks where if i look at my calendar i'm like this calendar is giving me anxiety but i know i will have fun this week because i have so many things to finish so i think yeah that makes a lot more sense and i'm going, I'm going to see this. how better to use this also i'm going to add here as a high performer some i have met many people who thrive when the tensions are high they just thrive if they are given less challenge instead of feeling happy about it they get bored they get disinterested and the days or weeks where as you mentioned the tensions are higher the stress levels or stress appetite is like you know all geared up and uh, also they have to finish the mundane things they end up completing it all because they are in that momentum yeah that was all of last week for me and by the <laughs> looks of it all of this week for me as well and i think it helps that i took a bit of a break in december so now i've come back in the new year with new you know, energy renewed <laughs> which will actually like we'll get to one of these bits in like a next question should i go to the next question yes ma'am okay what is your assessment of my leadership and managerial skills and what are your suggested areas of improvement you are a firefighter and thereby you thrive in situations which are complicated complex all that we have spoken about now to be able to train people or build a team where other people also perform at that level is slightly challenging because you your ideas of perfection and excellence are really really high so because you jump in and you figure it out you expect others to jump in and figure it out so those team members who are great with that who can run when things are on fire you have a blast with them it's like natural connect you absolutely love working with them and you know they are like partners in crime but the challenge is with those who are not like that <laughs> who require system require structures who require you know repetitive instructions now i think true leadership or being ready to lead anybody comes from the fact that you know how to deal with different situations currently that is not happening currently you are in your comfort zone and i'm very happy for you that somehow this is your comfort zone which is very challenging and uncomfortable for most but also you are surrounded by people currently who can understand and who like the similar pace but the challenge would be when you won't have such people so be more cognizant and therefore empathetic of these others in this in in these situations so if i have to Basically, be really straight and blunt about it if people yeah. are like you that doesn't make them stupid <laughs> oh, you absolutely have to leave that in do not even think of editing <laughs> i couldn't have been more blunt than this <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay then. I will I will keep that in so mind. So in in coach language I would say I think Ishani you got to be more inclusive of other people's styles. <laughs> I shall do that. I will be more inclusive of other people's work 
lifestyles and not make assumptions. Yeah. <laughs> I never said anyone is. No, not you know, at all. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's stick. I don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next. Next question. Okay. I am extremely prone to burnout. So, do you have any tips? for how to combat this and i'll elaborate by giving you a proper example of what i mean when i say that i'm extremely prone to burnout for the last 3 3 years this is probably the fourth year going i've noticed this pattern about the way i work i will go really hard um with work in the first two quarters of the year so first six months i am all work 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 by the time the third quarter of the year comes so we're talking uh, july august september i start to like i can't say it, it starts waning a lot but i can feel a little like i can feel the productivity decline okay but by the time the fourth quarter of the year comes out i'm like i don't want to do this anymore i will just about get to the bare minimum get my job done um and that's about it like i don't have the emotional bandwidth or the creative bandwidth to add more than what is required of me because i have spent the first three quarters of the year of the year doing exactly that so that becomes challenging and you think me. it has so, nothing to do with beautiful monsoon and vacation season diwali and christmas none of that right maybe it does <laughs> i don't know maybe that's also got something to do with it i don't know but yeah So by the end of the year, I'm like, I need to take a break, and that is the only time I'll take a break in December. So, okay. yeah. So listen, I don't I, think this is a very sustainable way to function. Sorry, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, I think I completely agree with you. It is not sustainable, and let's also understand uh, what happens in your mind when burnout as a word used. Now, you are an impatient person, naturally. So when you walk into a situation, you want to get things done. as soon as possible and uh, you also believe that if i can do something in 3 minutes why should i spend 30 minutes doing that so you wait and you create those situations where you are your idea of efficiency is very closely associated with speed right yeah so that equation i feel requires questioning which in turn requires a lot of patience because if there is this correlation between efficiency and speed um it very simply boils down to patience so then how do i become more patient or involvement so it is not patience when we people look at patience why you know why you are impatient with other people's kids or dogs and what happens when your dog or your child is involved you suddenly become patient and you can wait there and walk with them at the pace that your child wants where does it come from because you're more involved so the very hmm. moment you start looking at your work or rating your work based on intensity of involvement time won't be a botheration so if you could sort of elaborate on the concept of involvement here as it pertains to work and sort of maintaining this balance that would actually be great okay great so when we look at any project that you get involved in like there is a a bomb ticking have you noticed that and even if yeah. nobody is sitting on your head with that bomb you build it in your own system can you tell me why you begin with a bomb ticking like that where is, does it come from cuz get done with this and then on to the next 
so thereby you are preoccupied with the next idea the next task while you're doing this one yeah i anybody think anybody who is yes. impatient who will be like let's finish the lunch so that we can get on the road let's complete this so that we move to the next thing now involvement is exactly opposite of that is like you are there to eat and you want to just be completely involved in the food gasms that you're going to have because you're going to enjoy your meal for which you took out time and you ate now you are that person on vacations but what if you become that person for the entire year i love this concept where someone mm. said what what can you do to be intensely involved and completely relaxed tell me tell me what can you do to be intensely involved and and what relax greatly relaxed Com- no, completely sorry. relaxed completely completely relaxed so the very moment your body starts like building this pressure you start also you know moving faster speaking faster jumping from one thing to the other is where you start stopping your body which means you involve on a regular basis for the entire year uh, pick a workout pick pick any activity like cooking anything that forces you to be completely relaxed even if you do it okay. for 20 minutes even if you do it for 1 hour one of the things that we use is called graphotherapy stroke the stroke is called kam sutra which actually allows your body to become calmer and your mind literally follows that so for anybody with high functional anxiety for anybody with any sort of anxiety for that matter or people who are highly productive and creative who require that flow happening it creates a flow required because while doing the stroke you regulate your breath and make it as long as possible so in that case your body is slowing down and your mind starts following it if your nature is hyperactive then your physicality your body must do something opposite of that so if you do crossfit if you do any uh, running any sort of fast moving thing then your body and mind going to run at the same pace and you're going to get more impatient but if you understand your personality if you mm. accept your nature of functioning then for the entire year you create slow paced deep breathing slow moving activities in your routine at least for 1 hour 45 minutes as much as you can i started running in august <laughs> so yeah and i'm just trying to think of how that has what sort of bearing that has had since then and yeah i think it helps but i also think that there is there is a little more to it i mean it needs to be more holistic approach at least in my case right where you've got the um, you've got the activity to sort of take out you know the physical activity that takes that helps you get out all of the excess stress and the energy that you need that you need to but i but also i think there is that entire component of training one's mind so you just spoke about high functioning anxiety that is something that i felt like i've dealt with for quite a bit until recently until like over the last maybe 2 years or something where you know one actually goes out and gets the help to deal with that anxiety because the thing with high functioning anxiety or anxiety in general is that there are always other root causes that contribute to it so even though people are feeling anxious at work or about work that is not necessarily about work the root yeah it's not necessarily about work at all so 
that's where like this holistic approach and i think everyone's always saying this people have been saying it especially like everyone's saying it on social media get some exercise get a therapist boys <laughs> it does boil down to these bits so we started india's first mental gym my idea is simple is exactly what you said you know how we do workout for body we require workout for mind and if we don't do it then suddenly we will have all these other concerns right the other thing i think in that case so it's been i came back i used to live in bombay obviously like most other people um, <laughs> that have not necessarily bombay but most of the people that move out of you know their home cities to go work wherever and i think that regret like bombay put me into a very regressive cycle of like work and go entertain yourself post work there very little time and priority given to taking care of yourself taking mm-hmm. care of your body eating right drinking enough water like the very basics and this is i think one of the main things that i learned in these last two years one and a half of which i've spent back at home for the most part right. um coming doing basic things like eating three proper meals so uh, yeah i think that has also had a huge impact now that i'm just like thinking about everything yeah these things do have a huge impact on um the way you think the way you feel how you're able to deal with stress anishani i find god i'm not looking forward <laughs> i'm finding it do. i find it amusing when people think that they can survive without taking care of their bodies and their minds yeah because if you want to be a yeah. high performer if you look at any sports person what do they do they don't only perform on the field off the field when they're not working they're so particular about their diet so particular about their exercising why so that in that split second when they are called upon they can make the right decision the body can function at the pace the mind wants to but it's also mind being that clear it's mind being decluttered enough so that in that moment there is no second thought that would reach their body so that the body can function at that pace similarly for a leadership decision making you do require to take that call every now and then so what would you do to constantly sharpen your tools and most people are not taught tools to deal with their mental stress at all yeah because mental stress in and of itself hasn't been brought to the forefront until very recently that's true so i think it's going from now it's going to be very important for people to as awareness increases as people more people start adopting these things into their daily practice and then can vouch for it the word gets out and then people automatically hopefully um start taking better care of themselves i i must yeah. say that in last two years we already see the trend changing and that's so satisfying and it's so rewarding to see how people are actually talking about it working on it and taking pride in discussing their recovery journeys which is phenomenal according yeah. to yeah not having to not not taking pride in working like 16 15 16 days every single day although it did happen for quite a few even through lockdowns and working from home and everything but you know that's going to get you only so far when you start getting sight of like the grander scheme of things you are so much more than just the job but also i think when people are enjoying thoroughly what they do they are not stressed out so it's also a yeah. large part of how engaged you are 
the very moment you are engaged even if you are working for 16 hours your body you know there's this concept by mihai chiksen mihai he wrote this book called flow which is the psychology of optimum performance he calls it and it's a beautiful concept because he says everybody who works into their sense of flow constantly invite challenges and at the same time they feel they are in control when they are challenged in a certain manner so it's like yeah. high speed driving that you are enjoying it because it is high speed so it's challenging but you can only enjoy it when you know that you are in control of it so you want to create your day filled with more flow moments like that that's actually very interesting because that can burn you out no matter what you can just go on and on it's like for me if i have to do sessions after sessions after 8 hours of speaking i'd be all energetic but if i have to socialize and if i have to speak for like an hour or so i just get exhausted now it's not about talking it's about how much are you at that flow zone and if you are in the flow zone your body is at optimum psychological level anyways it's phenomenal for our listeners also there is a ted talk by mihai chiksen mihai you can simply type flow ted talk and you'll find this particular 20 minutes long talk it's phenomenal i think it's worth investing your 20 minutes in you can add the link you can cut this bit out but you can add the link to the in 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 the episode description let, let and then call out to it so there is a link that we would add in the description box uh, that will mention this particular ted talk that's like the producer suddenly came out she like hello you can add it in the description and talk about it <laughs> raj is laughing cut me out got me saying it but yeah you know i think we should keep it that's so cute yeah i think we should keep it i think you can tell them <laughs> you're very passionate about what you do ishani i feel because you're not getting to do <laughs> justice to what you think you should do is the only reason why you feel burnt out according to me yeah yeah and then i have to take time off to realign my like i do i do really love what i do I know. and okay. i that's what i was saying like i do have to take that time off to fall in love with it all over again which is why my december breaks are so crucial at this point but as an experiment in 2022 i would highly recommend if you can create this on a weekly or if possible daily basis so if we do a realignment for even 20 minutes uh, whatever you do whatever you think you know you need to shut all the noise out and then focus so one of my meditations uh, one of my meditation teachers told me this that aditi if you want to really practice meditation go and practice in the noisiest places and i took that as yeah. an experiment seriously i said okay let's try this so i used to go and meditate in uh, in airports in malls in markets just to see what happens and i realized that noisier it becomes you go deeper and deeper and you come out refreshed similarly find a mechanism it yeah. could be journaling it could be you know meditating it could be yoga session whatever works for you but literally creating yeah. 20 minutes pockets and if possible it should be so handy that you do it any time during the day yeah. if that happens yeah. then then actually you're free of any break required i am free of like i feel like i'll attain this if i'm th- theoretically this sounds absolutely great because what this will then do for me is make me function at like a superhuman level i feel <laughs> like it'll take me to the next level so yeah the challenge the real challenge here therefore is for me to be able to get to this point where i'm able to build this 20 minute habit for what whatever it is ultimately whatever i choose to do 
that helps fuel into this larger realignment of so why I do this. How reminding myself. So I would say how how important is it for you to be that involved throughout the year? If you make that as a goal, then this is a way to achieve that goal. Like when you know that for any past problem, you have always figured out some or the other solution. In the moment, you might feel, yeah. oh my God, this is, this is the end of the world, but the world keeps growing and there's no end like that. So <laughs> remember, you've that come enough. this far. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I and mean, you've come this far in your life by solving problem after problem after problem. So it's always good to sort of remember that and go with it. Thank you, thank you so much. I think we're going to apply. If you are a creative person who, who is slightly disorganized and slightly challenge driven, then this episode is completely designed for you. We would add <laughs> all the required links in the description box as Ishani mentioned. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Every conversation about someone else reveals some parts of ourselves. And I'm not only saying that to you as a listener, but it happens to me. Every time I see someone struggle, perform better than they ever have, or talk about a challenge that they're resolving, I feel I grow as a person. And if you feel the same way, then make sure that you listen to all our episodes on the Absolutely Right podcast. We'll be finishing our season two in coming few episodes. And with season three, we'll make some phenomenal changes as always and present a new format for you to enjoy this conversation. But in the meanwhile, if you haven't heard our new show called Daily Mental Fitbit, which started on 7th of Jan and already managed to be Apple's top three mental health podcast, then do take out just three minutes and do so. Let me repeat, it's called Daily Mental Fitbit. As you might already know, if you want to know how you can get benefited by my work, which is as a high performance coach for corporates or even for individuals and with one-on-one coaching as well as the mental gym, you can know about everything on my website, aditisurana.com and aptmentalgym.com. I'll see you on Friday with one more episode of the Absolutely Right podcast. Till then, happy writing. (laughs) 